you know what kind of kind of leads me on to actually the next situation actually where it is today's theme because I know that obviously everyone in a different situation whether you're university doing masters or doing apprenticeships and work and so forth but I actually want to talk to you guys about the kind of the theme of possibility and what we can work towards in the future once we finish school or so forth take it from there but I know that all of you at universities so we'll get to in a minute actually but have any of you done, actually done apprenticeships anywhere as well in the past or yeah diamond i did an apprenticeship before i went to uni oh, did you? um yeah because um i i was really i weighed out things um to be honest i got really, really discouraged around a level time um i think maybe i've just been in education too long i'm not sure what the the issue was but there was a slow dem demise in my zeal for education and, you know, I had been formerly been a student who said I want to go to Cambridge and then all of a sudden my grades weren't meeting it. And yeah, so I just said, you know what, I'm totally anti-university, not interested, I'm going to go and work. And my dad was like, excuse me, what? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to work. <laughs> and um, he, was like, he was like, no, you're not. I said, watch me kind of thing. And so I literally hustled to find an apprenticeship because obviously I'd been so academically focused that I hadn't really developed any skills or interest in any other areas. So you know, finding an apprenticeship randomly was a, was a bit difficult, I won't lie. But I, I managed to get one. I did it in business admin. And it was so, it really brought me up my shell. I feel like I personally think that apprenticeships should be put so much more. And I feel like they should, they should actually allocate or assign everyone to do an apprenticeship for at least a year or a year, six months. Like it should be incorporated somehow because it, it opened me up so much. I learned how to finally spend made some massive errors with, with finances, I won't lie. Um, but obviously <laughs> we live and we learn. And, um, you know, I learned how to accommodate things. So now a lot of things in life are not as difficult to juggle because I really got pushed in the deep end. I had to juggle three different worlds, my social life, my um, extracurricular things, work, or four actually, and the actual um, apprenticeship work. And the placement I was in was not even trying to accommodate the fact that I was also getting assignments. So I had to juggle both very effectively. And I feel like it just, it just, you know, I, I don't want to be, say this term in a loose way, but it kind of told me to man up, if that makes sense. Yeah, cool. And kind of just take it on the chin and just give me a bit of muscle, let's put it like that. <laughs> and um, yeah, developed resilience and just taught me, it taught me a mass load and I was able to move out in that year and like so many things opened I got my first phone contract I just learned about so many different things in just that year alone and so I feel like a lot of people should capitalize on apprenticeship opportunity just so they, they're prepared for life um mm. I don't feel like when I, like now obviously I'm a bit older now and I work with 16 to 18 year olds so when I look at when I look at a 16 year old or 17 year old who's coming to me and saying this, I don't want to, I don't know what to do in university. I look at them and I'm like, damn right, you don't know what to do because I don't, you're, we're all too young. Like <laughs> you get what, like you're 18, you've just come up edu full time education, and now you're expected to make a life decision like that will impress you for life. Yeah. It's, a, it's a bit tough. Do you see what I mean? So yeah, I can understand. So I really feel like if they were able to kind of put apprenticeships in at that 18 or 17 year old point, fantastic. It just gives you direction and just opens you up to say, okay, this is the skills that I actually have. You know, I'm going to go to work. You know, when they ask, you tell us a bit about yourself, you know, they're stumped saying, oh, I like blue, I like football. You know, it, it, 
but you actually now have a skill palette to say, oh, you know what? I'm actually good at this. I'm bad at this. I need development in this area. And I've, I just, I'm such an advocate for apprenticeships. I will, I will promote it any day, from being honest. Honestly, that is incredible because I know that not everyone kind of knows, knows about apprenticeships, do they? And for me, I very similar to you I, I never did an apprenticeship but I, after college I went straight into the working world and for me personally not for everyone obviously but for me personally I learned on the job being be thrown in the deep end so I put me in a job and I'll learn that way because for me personally I found school really difficult because of my dyspraxia as much as I love learning I'm obsessed with reading and listening to podcasts and learning I found school really difficult but put me in the working world but I'm thrown in the deep end and I'll come up thriving, swimming to the top with the sharks. And um, for those that might be interested in that kind of field where they've gone from, say, school straight into an apprenticeship, for you, you said you research, but for those that don't quite know how to maybe get into the apprenticeship world, how did you get into that apprenticeship world? Did you just research and apply, or was there a kind of course you had to take? So, how did you do it? Yeah, there was a lot of research because back then, obviously, I'm not even cold, but um, back then, <laughs> there wasn't that much... Um, there really wasn't that much knowledge about it. And to be honest, apprenticeships were really shunned for whatever reason. Um, and so there was a lot of research looking into the different levels of apprenticeships. You know, what level is accommodating now that I've finished A-levels? Because I'm not going to go and do level three course and then go to do a level two. It just doesn't make sense. So I had to research the course levels, research the industry I wanted to do it in, and research the company. Because unfortunately, some companies have catapulted on the aspects of apprenticeships and just use it as a means for cheap labor, which is not really fair. Um, but hey ho, the world is the world, what can we really do? So it's the best prospect is also to research the company you're gonna be working for. Are they actually gonna facilitate your learning? Are they making it a priority to ensure that you're also learning the skills you need for the job and for your qualification um, and not just using you as cheap labor? Um, and so there were all of these things and I had to learn it as I went along. So maybe I would apply for this and realize, oh my gosh, maybe I'm too, this under, I'm under, I'm overqualified for this or uh, go into this area and realize, oh, actually, this is too quite, this is too vigorous. Or maybe I don't want to do a two-year apprenticeship. Maybe I just want to do a year and six months instead. So all of these prospects had to be looked at. One thing I'm very grateful for, though, is if, if people join, um, like, 18-plus schemes, or I don't know what they're called, but... Um, there's a lot of them that have been launched now and um, I was fortunate enough to get contacted by um, a team that work with alumni after the challenge, which is the NCS program now, and they contacted me and that's actually the apprenticeship I went for. Um, but a lot of um, a lot of charities and different programs are working with 16 to 18 year olds to specifically support them after A level. So they have a lot of opportunities as well. But most of the time, I just tell people to research. You really never know what you even like. You actually don't even know what job you would like or what experience you'd like or what qualification you would like until you research and find out what's out there. So that's the, that's the main thing that I did. And um, because of the lack of awareness, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get as much support from my school as, you know, would have been expected but it's it's all good and proper because at the end of the day it wasn't really um it wasn't really common knowledge out there neither was it really encouraged so i'm not really bothered in that respect but now there's so many resources um gov gov on gov yeah the gov website helps as well um rate my apprenticeship is there as well so many online resources to help and support um 
the last thing I will say though is that um, anyone who's looking to go in a friendship should try and get a um, a mentor or someone to support them in the, in the applications um, purely because it is um, a massive it is it is being thrown in the deep end. If I have the most I've done is fill out my name on an exam paper and my candidate number. You know you now you're being asked for employment history and your GCSEs and you know where you live for the last residency and describe yourself and what attributes do you have it, it's incredibly overwhelming um, and so I think that everybody should get somebody that can support them through those questions and stuff like that so that they're not overwhelmed or confused um, my school does push on students still doing um, um, filling up the UCAS form just to prepare them for those kind of vigorous forms and obviously some students are like, hey, I'm not going to uni, so I'm not doing it. But then when they, they find that form, they see how vigorous the Tesco form is or how vigorous uh, whatever company they're trying to, then they realise, oh, maybe I should have done it. So, I mean, I think that's my fair share in regards to that. But research, but definitely get someone who's either done it or is in a position of academic um, support to be able to facilitate the actual application. That is amazing. And you literally answered pretty much all my questions as well about everything you learned, how to get there as well. Honestly, you covered so many things. And I, I, and I really want to carry on with this, actually. We just have to run out of one more time. So I'm about to stop recording right now and carry on with part three in a second. So see you guys in a second. Going back to you, Diamond, actually, as well. What do you reckon, since you briefly touched on it there during your speech, actually, about apprenticeships, what were some of the most amazing skills that you picked up during your time in apprenticeship, do you, do you feel? Oh my gosh, I could speak forever about what I learned. <laughs> but I think the key skills I learned were diligence mm. um, and also diligence, taking responsibility and being organised. I think that's what I'll pin it down to. Um, diligence in terms of getting things done, doing them at the right time, which is why I live the organisation. I had to also learn how to facilitate the rest of the aspects in my life so it didn't impede on my work. Um, which I feel like, unfortunately, a lot of young people don't really understand. You know, they'll go out on a bender for the weekend <laughs> and still be expected to, just, you know, somehow call in sick or whatever on the on the Monday, not realizing that, um, um, not realizing that actually affects uh, how they're seen and they're viewed in the long run. So you know, obviously you can't do that. And learn to take responsibility. And I learned this. Um, I learned this mainly because of two things. One, you know, obviously I was a teenager, so I'm still prone to the little mood swings and being upset when I don't get things my way and stuff like that. And I realised that <laughs> you can't take that into the work. You can't take that into the workplace. Once you're in work, <laughs> you are now you're qualified. You're over eighteen. You're a fully grown adult. You do your part. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're not a child anymore. I'm not. I'm not a babysitter as your line manager. I'm not. I'm not there for that. I've seen your. I've seen your certifications. I've seen your birth certificate. I know that you're a grown person. Do the job, kind of thing. Yeah, there we go. And obviously, not no workplace, no workplace is that stern. Don't get me wrong, but do you get what I mean? It just had to. I really had to grow up. And I think there was one key thing I remember. Um, we used to have what uh, Monday meetings in my workplace, and um, they always let us set five goals for the week. And so I, I'm not gonna lie. I'll be honest. I just set random goals. Sometimes they were ones I knew I could easily achieve. Just something said, go five out of five. Um, and so when I when I realized, like I said, I actually to be diligent with my work and stuff like that, I said, okay, cool, let me actually set practical goals. So I set them and I was really nonchalant about it because I was like, it doesn't really matter. 
And the person that I was meant to achieve one of the goals with was also waiting on me to do that so she could achieve her goal. So in my head, I was like, oh, whatever, you know, you get another week to try again. And literally, I got the biggest backlash because she was like, you didn't let me achieve my goals. And I got, oh, my days. <laughs> and, you know, in school, you just get, I don't know, you just get um, a detention or, um, you know, a negative point or something. You know, it's not that big a deal. But I literally got frolicked. Oh, my. Wow. Yeah. And I, I said, you know what? I'm not doing that again. Either you do the work you're going to do and keep with it or don't promise anything at all. Yeah. <laughs> it was the the biggest learning curve. Um, and so I feel like it was a bit of a wake up call to be like, oh my gosh, number one, my work is substantial. Do you get what I mean? Because mm-hmm. when you're in a school setting, it's it, unfortunate a lot of the good kids um, get overlooked because it's like, oh, we know you're going to do well anyway. Carry on with your books. And there's a lot of focus on the, the kids that are underachieving or you know, misbehaving and stuff like that. So a lot of good kids feel like they just get overlooked and stuff. And so they, they don't push for that extra level of diligence and stuff, like I said. So I had to learn it the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like um, as a result of that, I was really on it afterwards. I was like, oh my gosh, this matters. This is part of it. This works towards the greater vision of the company, ETC. So I was super on it and kind of work towards that. And guess one more that I'll add, which is not really in my list of three, but also how to effectively network. Um, I feel like networking is, is an ability that we're not really taught in school. Yeah. You just learn to say hello um, and bye to people in your year group, but you don't know how to actually make connections and lasting ones. So I was taught how to use my LinkedIn. I was taught how to actually maintain lasting relationships so that in the long run can actually rely on them for favours and different things like that. So I feel like it, that networking and the ability to effectively network was also taught as well, which I think is a key skill, especially when it comes to apprenticeships and stuff. For sure. And you've literally covered everything there. I mean, or what you learn and being 18 and old and now being that work environment kind of forced you doesn't it kind of get you out of your comfort zone as well and be that person you need to be yeah. to get to that level there don't you so that honestly is amazing but go from that kind of, kind of like, a, like a perfect transition now from like what you've learned now and going from learning into university route now so I know that obviously Sorsha and Philip you've been in the university route so for both of you how how have you found the whole university route for you both what about you Penelope actually how, how, how you find it uh, like I said, um, so for context, I just completed my first year of university, but my the course that I'm on means that it's a four-year course altogether, but um, the first two years are one degree, the first two years are my bachelor's, the second two years are my master's, so it, it does work a bit differently in the sense that my first year uh, did, did count, it counts for half of a degree, so um, Naturally speaking, I've always been a particularly academic child. I think um, it was sort of an escape for me in, t- in terms of my disability. I w- uh, don't get me wrong here, I'm perfectly fine being disabled. But what I found was that a lot of teachers, they solely focused on that. So um, I never really got any kind of acknowledgement outside of you're the disabled kid in my class, you know that's that so I found that through academics um it did help me to kind of realize that I was more useful than a lot of people um labeled me as and that's one of the main reasons that I decided to do the degree that I did 
and uh, to start off simply I've really really enjoyed it it's um it's it's definitely a kind of step up but I would say specifically at my university there are a lot of things put in place that are absolutely amazing for example um unlike so unlike Sorsha our exams uh you get them for a week and you can do not a week sorry it used to be a week but now it's like uh 48 hours I think which is still you get 48 hours you get all your notes you um you're allowed to take breaks within those 48 hours there's nobody you know on a screen watching you what you're doing like some exams so I think in that respect it's actually been a lot better for me as to not only take the general pressure of exams off but also as a disabled woman it's um with multiple conditions, it's highly likely that at some point I will get a flare-up. And unfortunately for me, they ha- they happen to occur a lot in exam season because they do get triggered by stress. So if we take a straight parallel in my A-level exams, I'd recently, uh, just before I'd recently come off a medication that I'd been on for a long time that um, was very, impli- uh, that changed the way my body reacted to a lot of things. And essentially, I was doing my A-levels with a three-month-long incessant migraine, which nobody really accounted for, let alone gave me additional extra time for. Whereas I had, I also had a flare-up within my university exam season. I was able to take a 17-hour sleep and just get back to my exam, which that is absolutely amazing for me because it means that I get to deal with my symptoms as they come instead of just kind of working through them and helping they get better but I think um a largely underrated part of university is that it's the kind of social or, or not not even social aspect the kind of first step of real life kind of aspect is the only way I can describe it mm. like um like Diamond said with her apprenticeship, you know, before going to university, I, I didn't, I was in, you know, a household of, you know, three other people and I was, I'm the youngest child and I'm also the, the only one who's disabled. So naturally, you know, my parents, my brother, they, they're all very helpful and I do appreciate that. But I feel like if I didn't go to university, there would have been no opportunity for me to kind of grow beyond that Mm. in terms of you know it's the first time that I've lived by myself I I do actually live completely by myself at university I have a little studio flat which um so I don't have roommates and I feel like um the kind of you know that kind of thing that kind of like I've hinted at before disabled people are used to kind of going it on on their own Mm. but equally um on the other side of that, the only kind of attention that I would get from my teachers, aside from my academics, was Penelope, people like you can't go to university, you can't do things by yourself. Um, so it was it was more of a sense of just being able to put what I already knew that I could do into action. And if I'm being honest, um, if I'm being completely honest, the degree um, that I chose I chose it specifically to do that to the highest degree possible. I'm doing two years abroad in a foreign country. um, And my, um, 
and I don't my um my first language isn't French so it's a language that I learned at school it wasn't my mother's first language it wasn't my dad so I specifically chose that kind of course just to essentially be a little bit petty if I'm being honest but I feel like besides the pettiness it's also really good for me just to say hey I can do it and I feel like that's a largely underrated part of university of course as the academics but it's also kind of discovering your own limits for the first time discovering what you can do you know for example I know that um, unlike a lot of uh, of my peers I do not have you know the kind of physical energy to go out multiple times a week because of you know that's a limit and I feel like for a lot of young people especially like Diamond said before we live in a social media age where everything's fabricated moving to university for the first time uh, moving out for the first time whether it be for university or an apprenticeship it really forces you to get to know yourself because for the first time you know when something goes wrong it's that's you you know mm. that's that's not you know your boss being late or it might be but a lot of the time if something goes wrong it can be traced back to you and that's not in a kind of um that's not to kind of abolish anybody for getting things wrong it's just a lot of times we seek to um we seek to kind of take everything out extrapolate it from ourselves but when you are by yourself particularly if you got if you went to university in some form of lockdown it it makes you self-dependent in a way that you learn to take responsibility without beating yourself up mm, for sure I mean the whole process I was actually going to ask you as well if you had the chance to move out as well as part of your university process I mean during your whole process of moving out and university is it for you Penelope as well in particular is has it been everything you've expected to be or was it completely different <laughs> I um this is an interesting one I mean I I started out the year living with um living with other people and because of circumstances beyond my control um I I moved out so mm-hmm. in that respect uh, I've in that respect, I would say I'd I'd hope that I would have been able to, you know, have the kind of dream university experience of, you know, meeting, you know, friends for life, you know, the first day you move into your flat. That that didn't happen for me. And while the events that happened, I, I won't go into detail, they weren't ideal. Um I would say in terms of being able to um I would say the idea of having my own my own flat my own place in the end that mm-hmm. that's how it ended up it's not been everything that I wanted in terms of that but it's also been a way for me to kind of um have have uh, full control over everything in my life for the first time which um I like I like Sorsha I'm a very sociable person so you know instead of having roommates I invited my friends around and and instead of you know having that kind of thing I found my own way around it and although you know I didn't end up the year with you know friends for life that I'd met on the first day I I still um I still have 
what I would say now, you know, a solid group of people that I trust and that, you know, it's important to have. So for anybody kind of listening to this, of course, um, there are things that aren't, there are things that you, when you go to university, when you take any big step in life that you haven't before, there are things that you expect to happen that inevitably don't. And that is, that is upsetting and it's okay to be upset about that. And it's okay to, you know, be a bit disappointed, but equally there are things, there are people, um, there are things that I've done because I've moved out. There are things that I've, there are people that I've met. There are experiences that I've had, opportunities that I've, that I've gone through that wouldn't have happened if things weren't ideally in my head according to plan. And I think the hint, uh, adding on to what Diamond said, it's important to recognize that every kind of step that you take is um is leading to something and while it's it may not be you know the traditional way of doing things it doesn't mean that you you failed it means that something else is coming and it's important i i think especially a lot of um a lot of A-levels, a lot of sixth forms, whatever you do beforehand, it's very scripted. You, you know, you know exactly where you're going next. After this topic in, you know, French class, we're moving on to this one. Or after this, you know, after this term, you know, there's three weeks into your exams. You know exactly what's going to happen and when. And that means that, you know, moving to university, moving out is very daunting because, you know, you, you don't have a timetable for your life now it's your choice whether you turn up to your lectures or not it's your choice who you make friends with you know you don't have a seating plan in class anymore but equally that um it can also be a power in a sense and looking back now I don't think that I would change what happened in the past year with regards to you know my living situation moving out because I I like the way it turned out and I think I hope that anybody um, going to university, that might make them feel a bit better. Mm, sure. And for you, Sorsha, as well, how have you found your whole university experience? Have you enjoyed it? Yeah, no, I, I'm, I did an undergrad and a master's, so I finished my master's last year. Um, no, I absolutely loved university. Um, although I was thinking about this as Penelope is explaining how some of the changes that COVID has brought have been good. Um, but obviously, you're probably aware there was um big traction for petitioning the government basically to um say universities shouldn't charge us tuition fees uh for the years that people attended university during lockdown mm. and that's because there was such a reduction in um interaction i mean i studied a humanities subject and we already have very little contact hours but it felt like we had um basically nothing um we weren't allowed to socialize properly because of covid rules it was basically a, a hugely reduced version of a normal university experience and of course luckily I had that hindsight going into doing my master's which was into the 2021 lockdown period um so I sort of had that comparison in my head um now I'm not sure if Penelope agrees but I think that perhaps maybe we shouldn't have paid the full 9,000 tuition although I did enjoy my university experience within lockdown it was not quite what it should have been i think of course of course i did actually want to ask about that kind of thing actually she brought up looking back at your obviously doing the master the whole university experience do you, do you feel like you shouldn't have paid the full amount because of like you said it was a completely different situation and 
it wasn't obviously out your hand, obviously, in their hands, but do you feel like you shouldn't have paid the full fee because of how it was maybe handled or what you got out of it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's very difficult to sell the same experience under completely different circumstances. And um, I understand that um, lecturers and um, academics were put in the same position as we were um, dealing with government regulations. Um, but I think universities had a responsibility um, to be fair about circumstances, and especially since accommodation costs are rising, cost of living of is rising. Um, students are now dealing with that, as well as the changing university experience. But I do think universities should be taking more responsibility for um, changes that have taken place as a result of COVID. Of course. What are your thoughts on that, Penelope? Same sort of feedback as well. I think, uh, so I've just completed my first year, so I yeah. wasn't uh, going through the depths of COVID like social was, but I think linking on to what I've just said, I completely agree with social. Uh, um, a massive part of university is the kind of living by yourself for the first time, discovering who you are, going to social events, whether they be, you know, um, going, going clubbing or just, you know, joining societies. And of course, you know, um things like that can happen online but it's inherently not the same experience and I understand that it's it was you know nobody's responsible for you know making COVID it was nobody's you know inception it's it's a virus but equally universities I think they have to understand that if they're marketing on the selling points of kind of finding yourself, find your people, experience life for the first time. If, they, if they're not delivering on that, whether or not that be because of something out, that's outside of their control, you know, it's, it's still, you're still, you know, selling an experience that didn't happen. And that's inherently dishonest to your students, to anybody else who may be there. Mm, for sure. For sure. I mean, for you, Saoirse, as well, did, did you move out as well as part of your experience or wait, did you stay home? I did. I moved out um, and I was lucky because um, I went to Oxford. So we had um, the college experience. Oh, so wow. Oxford's a collegiate university. So you have several different colleges and each college has its own like personality and um, traditions and that kind of thing. So I, I lived in college. So I had um, uh, cat I catered meals um we had like our own library our own cafeteria so it was um it was a really wonderful experience actually uh, living out at university that's fantastic and what similar to what I asked Diamond actually earlier about her experience doing an apprenticeship within the best lessons she's learned for you both moving out doing university and then doing obviously you social doing your masters what were kind of the key highlights or best lessons that you both learned so far we got your one's kind of just almost started one's pretty much finished now or has finished so it would be quite a contrast but for you social what be some of the best lessons you've learned in your time to university oh definitely like um independence and and uh, time management huge mm -hmm. skills you learn at university and often you learn it the hard way as well because um i think we we realize that once we get to university or a higher level past like normal school education like sort of linking to what Diamond was saying earlier, you're not spoon fed things anymore. It's very much more like you have to learn on your own and you have to listen to instruction and you have to um, find your own path basically. So I, yeah, definitely independence and time management for me. Brilliant. And you, Penelope? I think for me, it 
um, it was ironically taking time for myself uh, because I've, I've, like I said earlier, I used academics as, and still to an extent I do, I'll be honest, but I used academics as a form of self-validation. Mm. I, um, and I always knew that there was extra work that my teachers would give me, you know, in sixth form or in um, secondary school. So I'd try my best to do that. I'd, but when it came to university, obviously there's, you know, there's societies that you can do and things that you can do that I have partaken and I've enjoyed. But for my degree, you know, there's no, there's, you know, the assignments and that's it. And it, it got to an, it got to a point where I, I, I just kind of looked at myself and thought, you know what, I have barely any hobbies outside of my degree and outside of the volunteering that I've been doing since I was like five years old, which at this point, um, you know, I, I love what I do, but I realized I, you know, I had no kind of passion that was something fresh in my life that was new. So I, you know, I, I really, I managed to kind of, you know, start taking walks, you know, fairly often. And especially because it was a new area, it was just, it was just fresh for me. And I think that's one of the things that I've really learned is that, you know, you can love everything about your life, but that doesn't mean that something can't be added to it to kind of give yourself that, like Diamond said, that opportunity to explore yourself further, that opportunity to, figure out more about yourself and I feel like without my first year at university I, I wouldn't have um, realized that, that so many things about myself I love that and that is such a good way to finish the episode actually because I did have so many more questions and things to talk about and I would love to do a part two if we can but before we do guys I want to say how thankful I am to all of you for taking the time to chat with me today and share with me your experience of every kind of avenue you've gone for university, apprenticeships, your current situation with work as well. And a couple more questions actually before we go in, actually, because I would love to finish on a positive note is some people obviously in life find things hard to, to do, sometimes saying no to things is too much for them or sometimes feeling lost in life, not knowing what to do. And um, so for you guys, because you see that you're doing so well and you found what you love, for those that maybe don't always know what to do with life if they're quite young or a bit older than life now what would be some of the best advices you you could give to them whether it's taking extra time to find out what's good for you or anything else I want to start with them um, diamond actually what would be some of the best piece of advice you could give to people to try and find out who they are um like yeah so this is actually something I'm very passionate about and I work with the young people on it to try and get them to understand who they are before they go to university so you're not doing self-discovery whilst at work because that's <laughs> not going to help. Um, and so one thing I realised for myself, um, I feel like the university experience really does facilitate self-discovery. Um, unfortunately, it, it comes with you having to make a decision about what you want to pursue before you can experience it. I don't know if that makes sense. So yeah. obviously, if you now come, you've realised you've moved out, and then you realise I'm not like this course, there's that panic that comes in and you're like, oh, I'm going to have to start again. Will students find it accept me? All of those kind of things. So I do feel like university does accommodate it. But what I do tell my students now, and I'm sure they're really tired of me, I always tell them, go and do stuff in the summer. Do activities. I'm like, I like being at home. I don't, 
<laughs> do activities, go out. And they're like, but why? I said, listen, when I was your age, and I keep telling them, I'm, I'm not even far away from you guys. I literally did every and any opportunity available. When I was in A-level sixth form, I did so many opportunities that were so off the radar. Like I did a, um, what's that thing called? A accounting course, like an accounting internship, financial services internship, a law one. I went on a residential for English literature. Like they don't, they don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? If yeah. I'm being honest, they're not even interlinked at all. But I tried everything and anything because the majority of them were free. And even if they weren't free, it wasn't that much of an additional cost. And it's just like, it gave me a feel of what I wanted to do. So by the time it came to go to university, though I was still a bit clueless, I wasn't as clueless as some of my friends <laughs> who just kind of, who kind of just, just used one of their uh, A-level subjects and said, okay, I'm going to go to uni with this. And realized that actually they didn't really like the A-level geography, um, the, um, degree level geography, but they liked that A-level. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that gave me a bit more scope. So that's why I always, always tell people, explore now. Explore once you can. And preferably like in the year 12 area so that it doesn't affect your year 13. Um, that's the time to just go around and do everything and anything. And if you can get a part-time job as well, that also helps. Because I think you mentioned earlier about learning how to say no. That's one of the biggest lessons mm. that anybody can learn. Having a firm stand on your integrity it's not an easy thing to go by. Even when I started working in the apprenticeship, I don't think anyone took advantage of me, of me though. But I feel like um, I, I had to learn it. Otherwise, I would have been taken advantage of. Because obviously, you're kind of you're fresh blood. You, you want to work. You're eager. You kind of want to impress people at the same time. And you just say yes to everything. And then you come and find yourself overloaded with work and not able to fit to do any to a, a, a quality standard. And that's not the impression you want to make on any employer, especially if it's your first, because that kind of sets pace for the references and stuff that you receive in the long term. So I think mainly is do everything. Any opportunity that comes your way, that's obviously within morals. Like, yeah, of course. <laughs> but, you know, within the moral compass and, you know, you don't mind giving it a try, then, then go for it. And you're able to discover so much, even as far as your character like I learned that I really like water activities because I went on a, a residential I like water yeah. activities do you see what I mean so something like that can even be used as a conversational starter for networking and all of these things so that you're not you're not just bringing um, academic, academia to the plate neither you just bring in social skills to the plate but you've got a mix if that makes sense of course I absolutely love that it's such a brilliant answer because I feel, I feel that's the same thing actually when you experience life more it's such a uh, even that's like, like simple like a, like a great conversation start like I did this earlier or a couple of years ago and then they can start talking a lot more and you get to know more about that person they get to know about you as well and the kind of person and character yeah. you are as well so I love mm-hmm. that and then you get to learn and even doing the podcast now I'm getting to learn about so many different people from their backgrounds and what they had to get through mm-hmm. in order to get to where they are in life so it's amazing I absolutely love that and it's actually perfect. It's okay. We're actually about to run out now, but Sorsha, how about you actually? What would be some of the best lists or best piece of advice you give to people? Um, so from a perspective of just finishing university, there can feel like there's a lot of pressure to launch straight into the workplace. Um, so almost like we all have this structure to our lives that we have school, something in the middle, then we all find a career and we, we have to establish ourselves and know which direction we're taking. 
Um, I think coming from university as well, where it's very competitive and everyone wants to be the best, um, there's no need to listen to that kind of pressure or to give into that pressure to remind yourself you are quite young and you have lots of avenues to explore. And actually, I learned this myself that I have so much time yeah. <laughs> um, and I can sort of take I mean, doing what with what I do with the Fed, I love doing it. And um, I found that because I was taking my time and not rushing into anything. So, um, yeah, that's my advice. Take your time and you'll, you'll find what suits you. Absolutely love that. And for you, Penelope, as well? I think coming from the perspective of somebody who is very indecisive, I, I second guess every decision that I make. Um, but one of the things that, similar to what Diamond says, you, you know, you're not going to, um there's this kind there's this kind of like movie like romantic romanticization of life where you think where you know we get told from a young age the minute you you know you find a job the way you'll know you'll just know if it's a dream one for you when I when I started volunteering you know I was you know I was five years old um and I just did it because I thought it was fun and without that, I would not be doing a law degree. So the, the biggest thing that I can say is that, of course, you know, you have to think practically about, you know, um, you have to think practically about, you know, living expenses and things. But in terms of how you know, um, how you know whether something is right for you, unfortunately, you won't. The, the best piece of advice that I can give is just do what, um, is just try and do something that you enjoy, that makes you have fun, that brings you, you know, a sense of fulfillment in some way. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be like this monumental kind of lifetime achievement award at 24, like you see on LinkedIn. It just has to be something that you enjoy. And if you stop enjoying it, then change. You know, there's, you don't have, there's no one concrete thing that you have to do with a degree. You know, I know, people with you know law degrees the same one that I'm on now who've taken completely different career paths and that doesn't mean you know that they've wasted you know three years getting an LLB because they've learned things they've learned transferable skills so just do what you think is fun but also pay attention to what you're learning in class even if you don't think it'll be useful because inevitably even if the actual content isn't You'll, you'll have learned resilience, you'll have learned, you know, your tolerance level for certain topics, you'll have, you'll have a vague gauge of, you know, what suits you and what doesn't. I absolutely love that, love that. And once again, all of you, I can't thank you all enough for your time and in the previous guests with our here earlier, to share your news and knowledge with me as well and with everyone else is truly remarkable. So thank you all so much. And I would love to share your profile if you've got anything coming up. So any profiles we can share on here or? Absolutely. Um, we have three handles for Fed Education. So you can find us on Facebook. Um, we're the Foundation for Education and Development on Facebook. Um, on Twitter, we're at Fed Education. Um, and on LinkedIn, you can find us, uh, the Foundation for Education and Development as well. And if you feel like it, check out our website, which is fed.education. Love that. Anything else, guys, before we go? No problem at all. And on that note, that is an amazing episode. Thank you all so much. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and all that stuff as well. And take care. Peace. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thank Bye. you. Bye. <laughs>